It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Patricia Adams Live. This is day 10 leading up to Father's Day. And we are thinking about all the things that are happening, all the things that have been going on, and no greater place to have a conversation than at your local gas station. Had an interesting conversation with a young man at the gas station while pumping gas in his vehicle, while he was putting gas in his vehicle, and we were talking and got to asking him the question about what he thought about state of affairs today and had he believed that he would see some of the things that he's seen going on in his lifetime. And I could tell that he had not seen these kinds of things before. I could tell about what age range he was. And in saying, oh, I'm old enough, I'm old enough to have, have, and I was like, so let me see, this makes you around about 
this how old, this how old, this how old, this how old. And he was like, well, yeah, and and you're right, I, I haven't seen. And, and I began to share with him about some things that I had been alive long enough to see, things that he had not witnessed that I had witnessed and things that I thought I would never, ever see again in my lifetime that I am seeing repeat themselves again. And I began to talk to him about fatherhood and about being a father, even though you maybe not have had a father in your life, the importance of being a father when you do become a father. And as we continue to talk, he shared with me that he had just become the father to a newborn. And I said congratulations and expressing to him the significance and the importance of being present as a father in that child's life. doesn't matter whether he had a father in his life growing up or didn't have the father that he wished he had or could have had or wanted to have, the fact is that now that you are up at bat and you are now a father, here is your opportunity to do better, be better as a father than what was done for you. And even though Father's Day, the official holiday, is approaching being a father and showing up every day is every day of the week. And for that, we celebrate the fathers who have been biological fathers and have been there for theirs, for others, played the role of raising someone else's children being the neighborhood father, being the school father that boys and and girls on the different athletic teams could go to and talk to and fill a void in their their lives. And for all of the coaches who have been like fathers to young men in the athletic world, athletic arena and not just uh, high school, middle school, elementary school, but to all of the coaches in the leagues, the YWCA, the YMCA leagues, the AAU, the Pop Warner, the church leagues, the community leagues, the neighborhood leagues, you know, you would pull a team together and you would just take 
a team of boys or girls under your wing for whatever sport that you were coaching in and be seasonal as these events were to a lot of young men, a lot of young women, you were the only father figure that they had. And for that, happy Father's Day. To all of the women who have children by men who you are not with, you're not residing with, and you have the opportunity to co-parent with them, you have the opportunity to allow them to be a part of their children's lives. It's not just on when they pay child support or they buy something for the children or they help you pay a bill or, or anything like that, is that at the end of the day I can I can share something um, kind of kind kind of touchy, but it was a young man wanting to see his father and asking his mother when he could see his father and he was probably preteen or just maybe a couple of years away from being a teenager. And the mother yelled at him and said, you can see him when he shows me my money. And otherwise, you don't have anything to say to him and I don't have anything to say to him. And that was a shock to this young man because she said this very loudly, very assuredly that he was not going to see his father unless she got her money. And the young man's look on his face was like, that's all I am in this. I'm just, you know, money. And to see and hear young people asking for if 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 the man that procreated that child with you did not want to be in a personal relationship with you but said hey I will be there for this child let him be if he is not physically verbally emotionally financially sexually abusing you for the children, then why not? If he is making only $10 an hour, $15 an hour, and you want your cut of his $15 an hour for your support, that in reality not really going to be directed to the children. It's going to be directed towards your, your upkeep. Um, there's something wrong with that. There was uh, a woman probably a couple of years ago that had maybe 10, 15 kids, and she went live on TV saying that somebody was going to step up and help her with those kids. Well, I mean, 5, 10, 15 children, and it's somebody else's responsibility to step up and take care of the children that you have given birth to and it's not your responsibility to do that or to stop having children that you cannot support. How we got to the point to where leveraging 
children and the balance for money or for financial gain for anything. It's it's like if you had the intent of having children for the sake of self-support, and it's supposed to be child support. Does the child need a roof over his head? Over his head? Yes, he does. Does the child need uh, transportation? Yes, he does. But at the end of the day is that if you are, you know, the parent who's keeping the child and 100% of the time and you are not splitting custody with the father of the children or whatever, and for some reason or other, it's his child support that is being used for the upkeep to make sure that you have a roof over your head as well as child. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to belabor that much more, but my my point is is that with everything that's going on, keeping men alienating men and children from each other because of economics, because of what this person can't provide. I mean, out of ten dollars an hour, fifteen dollars an hour, if that's the wage that they have, you knew what they were making when you were with them or you knew what their potential was for employment when you were with them. And now, so out of that $10, $15 an hour, There's expectations to be able to live like a reality TV star from all of the different spinoffs of celebrities and wives of celebrities and all that and buying into that and and seeing how they use and utilize the money that they get for support of their children and replicating that in the community with men who don't make the income that these men make. I'm asking in 2020 that when we know better, we do better. And that we don't keep children away from the men who want to be in their lives because of economics. There's a lot that children need And a lot of it requires money, but a lot of it requires time. And if 
The man is struggling financially, but he has time. That's worth something. And to a child who just wants to be with their father, no matter how much money he does or doesn't, I'm not saying all children feel this way. Some children like, you know, man, if I don't get these Jordans, if I don't get these Nikes, if I don't get this, if I don't get that, I don't want to see you. So I'm not talking about those children and those relationships. I'm talking about children who are still at the point where that I'm okay. I just want to be with you and whatever you're able to do, I'm okay. That has a lot to do with how the children are brought up, how the children are allowed to mimic or emulate their peers. A lot of that responsibility lies on the primary caregiver to instill a different set of values. And I remember when the shoe industry took a commercial shift. And I say a commercial shift because I grew up, if we wanted tennis shoes, we were wearing kids. We were wearing, um, I think, um, Converse. Definitely, I know Converse. We had black pair of Converse, white pair of Converse, boy and girl. And girls were too busy um, having to wear the boys' Converse. A PE or, or whatever, and if we could go to Payless and get some tennis shoes, we were happy as long as they were clean. Uh, our biggest thing was that we would dress them up with shoestrings and yarn, and that was our satisfaction. We put yarn in our hair, and then we would put yarn in our tennis shoes to match our hair or our outfits. And there, there were no stars who had shoe endorsements that children were threatening not to love their mother or their father if they didn't get them. And I just think out of all of the athletes who have had shoe deals, those who have made their shoes affordable for children of all economics, you know, Congratulations, bravo, happy Father's Day to you and to all of those who made their shoes so gastronomical. And I say gastronomical because a lot of parents would rise to the occasion or find somebody to help them rise to the occasion of providing their children with their first pair of this brand, that brand, this this basketball, this person shoe line 
and that was important. You know, school was out, and by the time you went back to school, the feet had grown at least two inches. You could have just bought a pair of shoes three or four months ago, but now they're no longer suitable to wear back to school because they've grown. And there's just a lot of things that I could get into and, and say, but the reason that we use and the reasons that we use for not allowing men to see their children, and I say we because I am including myself in that as a woman, are very damaging to the children. There is enough children who don't know who their father is, don't know where their father is or anything. But if you know where a child's father is and that man has wanted to be in that child's life, you owe it to that child to connect them and give them an opportunity to develop and as a father and a son, just because a man no longer wants to be in a relationship with you does not mean that he does not want to be in a relationship with that child if allowed without all of the hang-ups and women killing other women that men have gone on to have other children with and women taking long trips in diapers to go and knock off a woman that they see as a threat to a relationship that really isn't what they thought it was. We've got so much going on that as a whole, as a member of any community Children need, doesn't matter whether it's a girl or a boy, children need a man. They need a role model. They need a father, if available, to be in their lives. And I'm not saying let a father in or any human being into a child's life that is physically, emotionally, financially, sexually, and morally bankrupt. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you have someone who is legitimately grounded on all levels enough to where they can pour into another human being, not just procreate another human being, but pour into another human being to give guidance to them, to protect them, show them how to protect themselves, not in violence or anything, but having conversations about morality, having conversations about conducting yourself in this community that we're in. We're all in this together, whether we like it or not, black, white, red, brown, yellow, green, polka dots, whatever, we are all in this together. And the sooner we realize that we're in this together, the sooner we can move forward. This is 2020. 
and I was reflecting on the 1920s. If you, I'm, I'm a history buff, and you go back and you look at the 1920s, the roaring 20s, they called it, the 1930s and the 1940s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and Y2K and the 2010 and coming to 2020. There's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, the awful lot of devastation between that 99 to 100 year period that's post-slavery, post-slavery. 1920s is just 40, 50 years post-slavery. 1910 is just like 35, 40 years post-slavery. Getting into the 1900s, I mean, honestly, we have not been that far out of slavery. And then you have all of the institutional uh, means of creating systems and, and situations where you have the Jim Crow and, and you have all of the other man-made ordinances and things to relegate and, and segregate and Yet we still keep coming back saying we forgive, we forgive, we forgive, we forgive. As a people, we forgive, we forgive, we forgive. But think about it is that no one is asking anyone to forget the atrocities of the Holocaust. And even if the world Try to forget the nation of people who went through the Holocaust and endured the Holocaust, who bear the markings of the Holocaust on their skin and in their soul, will not allow this world to forget. And today is Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Uh, in 1865, June 19th was on a Monday. So Texas emancipated people who had been supposedly set free three years prior on a Monday, June 19th, 1865. Today is a Friday. And there is a lot of people in the community who have a history of celebrating June 19th. I know I grew up celebrating June 19th, and I remember the last time that we were in attendance of a big event of June 19th, it just became like a massacre, and I'm trying to remember the time frame. It was like, I think somewhere late 60s, early 70s, and used to always gather at a local park and have the marching bands, the high school marching bands, just all types of festivities that uh, we would have, and people would come out, community leaders, and give speeches and things like that. And I just remember that as we were moving into the holiday becoming more violent, that people were waiting until Juneteenth 
to come to the park to settle scores and stuff. So it was either something to do with illicit vices that people were engaged in, and they would come and wait until Juneteenth to want to settle that, and gunfire would erupt, and people would scatter, and then bodies would be laying in a place where supposed to be festive. So the community as a whole began to move away from celebrating Juneteenth as tradition had had it. And then once the community stopped, then individuals stopped, and then it almost became like a second thought that you just didn't even think about Juneteenth anymore, that Juneteenth would roll by and you didn't even think about it. How could we forget? How could we forget something like that? How could we forget something like that? No matter what was going on, if we couldn't do it as a community, we didn't do it individually. I know individually that we didn't do it at our house. You know, so the community stopped. I know that we didn't do it. In our home, we didn't celebrate it. And and I just, you know, so children come up and they are marked for the good or the better by the people that are supposed to take responsibility for them and protect them and guide them and provide for them. And if somebody isn't protecting them, somebody isn't guiding them, and somebody isn't providing for them, the type of environment, the type of nurturing, the type of education and involvement and things that matter in the life of being a child and coming up as a child of color and coming up in an environment where you're either the majority or you're the minority, and it's all subject to the climate of the day where you can easily find that where you used to be the majority, now you're suddenly the minority or vice versa. So going back to the gas station conversation is that with everything that we did talk about, my point of reference was simply is that you haven't been alive long enough to see some of the things, to understand why the things are going on right now and why people are responding the way that they're responding. But how you choose to respond is your responsibility. How you choose to navigate this time in history is up to you. But just know that if you are a father, you have a responsibility to your children. You have a responsibility to your children to make sure that, number one, your house is guided, it is protected, and it is provided for. And I am not talking about the Second Amendment. I'm not talking about firearms or anything. I am simply talking about setting values, setting rules, setting guidelines in place in your children, in your house, so that you know that when you may be away at work or whatever, that your children know that the presence of their father matters and that 
daddy says this and daddy says that and this is how we should be being treated and how we should be expecting to be treated. It is a difficult thing. There's a difficult thing as a human being, first and foremost as a human being, as a woman, as a woman of color, to be experiencing the things that I'm experiencing today after all that I've already experienced. More than enough, more than enough that I wish that I had never experienced, never would want to be experiencing the things that are happening in 2020. Never, 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 never. So I have had a life where I have had to navigate the Hispanic community, the Jewish community, the the white community, the black community. I've I've had a multicultural life experience. And I've had to live in these multicultural settings during some very difficult times when it could easily be where anything could set something off or ignite a response from someone that would turn very negative pretty quickly. Here we are, June 19, 2020, dealing with divisiveness that thought it was resolved, but it seems that it's unfinished business, it's unfinished, unspoken things that should be spoken, that need to be spoken, that haven't been spoken, that haven't been addressed, that need to be addressed. And I saw a proclamation from the state of Texas online, I mean, not the state of Texas, from the state of Kentucky online, making Juneteenth an official holiday in the state of Kentucky. And I don't know if you've ever seen Kentucky, you're from Kentucky, live in Kentucky, whatever, it's a beautiful country. Absolutely beautiful, and I say country, I mean not like it's not a country, da-da-da, I'm not talking about like that. It's a state, da-da-da, I know all that, but I mean when I say country, it's like going through a a countryside, and I've gone through it and and everything and been around it and in it and above it and all that, and it's just absolutely beautiful. But at the backdrop of that is to know that the Underground Railroad and a lot of the properties there were plantations and slaveholding plantations, and a lot of places there are still uh, a part of the Confederacy and everything. And for this to be a proclamation after all this time, change is possible. Change is possible. And just across the line, Ohio, and across the line, Tennessee, and across the line, 
the Virginias and the Carolinas and all of that change is possible. Change has to come and it has to be an enduring change. It has to be a change that's not just on paper. It has to be a change that is demonstrated in the hearts of men and women and children. This weekend, I am wishing a happy Father's Day to all of the men. And I am not wishing happy Father's Day to women who have been convinced that they are both the mother and the father in the situation. I, I can't do that because it's not anatomically possible for a woman to impregnate herself. There was a man involved and engaged in that. And even if he is not there, we as women, uh, we carry enough responsibility without also adding on that responsibility of being a father to our children. We are their, their mom, their mother, their nurturer, caregiver, but you can do the best that you possibly can do. And all I can say is that if there is the man who procreated that child with you and they are accessible and available and on every level they're firing on every level in terms of mentally, emotionally, and they are socially um, good citizens and they are doing the best that they can with what they have to maintain their life financially and keep a shelter and keep a roof over their head and contribute to the child. Whatever the situation is, is that if that man exists and you know and he knows that he is the father of that child or those children, then let him in. And sometimes men will become more than, more than you expect of them because they want to be more than for the sake of the child or the children. The government pays the men to leave in order for women to get financial support. But now, this is a new time. This is this is like I mean, it's it's a new time. It's just a new time, and we cannot continue to perpetuate the ills that have been thrust upon us. We we've got to come to the table and do better and. You know, however, however you got pregnant, however he impregnated you, whatever, if it was a mutual agreement that you were going to be the one to have their children and then they just ghosted you and, and all that, whatever, is that that's something that you know that has to be addressed, that has to be addressed. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when I watch paternity court, and, and I, I'm not saying like, sitting and been watching whatever, but you can see the training court on YouTube. You can see Mari on YouTube. You can see all the shows that have basically made their ratings and their financial uh, success on doing paternity tests. 
and finding out and and even some I, there's there's a show that's like uh, um, that now has sprung and evolved into something else. You know, find find my baby daddy. I'm like, are you serious? Like ser- like like seriously? Like like really seriously? And I just I I don't know, but. So all of the men out there who have been allowed to do what it is that was necessary to be in a child's life and for all of those who have been fighting to get to that place and to um, legally be in that child's life and financially and emotionally be in that child's life to guide and protect and to let them see what it is that a man does so that they can grow up and become the man that they see you being, especially if you are emulating a good man and they become a better man. It's always about them standing on your shoulders to reach higher than you reach, to reach further than you reach, to achieve more than you achieve. That's the whole point of generations is that your children should excel you. They should exceed you in any endeavor that they perceive that they want to pursue, be it in the same path that you did or in a different path. They should be able to stand on the foundation of your success and be propelled into a higher position than you. That's that's how it should be. I mean, there is a a graphical image where I saw a staircase leading up, and there were hands all along the staircase, and eventually the staircase was nothing but the hands of the young man stepping on the hands and them lifting him up to the next level and to the next level. That's how it should be. That's how it should be with fathers and sons and and their daughters. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. And there are great examples of that in the community, black, white, red, yellow, brown community. There are great examples of that. We need more of that, and we need more cooperation between the men and the women who procreated and got these children here, whether you're in a relationship with them or not. And I have had the privilege of knowing some great women who have embraced their husband's children who were born during the course of their marriage out of wedlock. And um, there is one woman that just, you know, I fell in love with her as a human being because she was married to a man, one man, all of her days. They were high school sweethearts. They grew up together. They got married. They had children together. And during the course of their marriage, he was not just her husband, but he was also other women's lovers, and out of that came multiple children outside of their marriage. And she established a ground rule that 
I'm aware of these children, and when I am ready to bring them and incorporate them into the family, I will let you know. But I need some time to get over the betrayal. But when she got over the betrayal, if she didn't linger in it long, those children grew up with the children that were in that house, and they were provided for. She made sure that they were provided for. She made sure that she went to college with them to get them started, to get them on the right track, and they went on to become successful human beings because she mothered them, not the women that gave birth to them, not saying that they didn't, but she also mothered them and she made it possible for them to be in her children's lives as well as the father that brought them into this world. Not many women can do that, and not many women can do that with grace and dignity. She passed on this year, and I celebrate her. Um, beautiful human being, beautiful human being. And I know how much that meant to those children because I have my own thoughts and perceptions about how it feels to have to endure that. And all I can tell you is, is that that's rare. It's a rare thing, and it's a beautiful thing when it can come together like that. But I'm not condoning, and, and I've said it even to um, the husband of, you know, I was friends with both of them, and, and I was like, you know, I just, I just can't imagine it. I, I don't think that I could have done that. I don't think that I could have done that. And I'm not saying that every woman out there should do that. I'm simply saying that I am celebrating and commemorating the life of this woman who showed me what is possible when you want to make something possible happen in your life. So, again, to the men out there with the woman up the street around the corner, don't don't have a Wendy Williams situation unfold in your life. There is a way to be honorable in all things and find that place of honor and find that way to be honorable even when you are the cause of it. Still find a way to be honorable in that. And so happy Juneteenth to all of those out there who are celebrating, not just um, people in the black community. There are other people of other nationalities and other races who are celebrating Juneteenth with us. So thank you for celebrating as a community with us. And at the same time, as we come into the commercial Father's Day, remember Father's Day is every day. The Bible tells us to honor our mother, our, to honor our mother and our father, that our days may be long upon the earth. So honor your mother and your father, and give honor to whom honor is due. If your mother or your father has been abusive to you, is abusive to you. I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about them. 
and the Bible and and God and all of that. I'm not throwing any of that in there. I'm simply saying is, is that there should be a whole section in the card aisle for people who don't feel the way other people feel about Mother's Day and Father's Day. It's a commercial holiday, and both of them are commercial holidays, and they have been commercial successes. And at the same time, these are the times when you have to make a decision not to be in a funk. That's the reason for these 10 days is that do not get depressed, do not get in a funk, do not make a permanent decision over something that is temporary, something that is man-made. If it did not come from God, then it should not cause you distress. God says to honor your mother and your father every day and to give, you know, to be honorable to people who have been honorable to you, okay? And you can follow peace with all men as much as it be possible, but if it's not possible, God's not holding you to that. And set yourself free from all of this. And, and I'm, I'm screaming, I'm smiling on the outside, and I'm screaming on the inside, and I'm having my highs and my lows and, and my ups and my downs. And, and all I can tell you is, is that you have to stay alive. You have to stay alive. Dark days, dark days, dark days, dark days, but you have to stay alive. You have to stay alive because the children are watching and the children need you to survive and to stay alive and show them how to come through the difficulties, the hardships, the dark days. Show them how to overcome, show them how to survive and show them how to thrive and how to move past being victims because this cycle of abuse has to be broken and this cycle of abuse has to stop. It has gone from generation to generation to generation to generation and it has to stop. When will it stop? It has to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere. Your children, your children's children's children are depending on you to set this right. And here we are. Here we are, here we are, here we are for all of the things, for all of the the evil that's been done to you, for all the evil that's been done towards you, a day is coming. A day is coming when the righteous judge will judge. But in the meantime, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you from Patricia Adams Live. And as always, I'm going to end the show with playing Eric Clapton, If I Could Change the World, because that's how I feel. This song is about a romance between a man and a woman, but this is how I feel about changing the world and the community. Good night, and thank you so much for tuning in to this broadcast.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.